0: share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry, and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations, both on and off the playing field. And now, here's your host, Julian Blinn. So, today we
1: have the honor to interview Bill Donovan, the Chief Commercialization Officer at CoolMit, a pioneer manufacturer of cooling devices for people that are heat stressed. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, Julian. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. No, great. So it's great to have you on the show. So, Bill, what I wanted to talk about today is, first, we'll talk about your background, uh, and then we'll talk about your company, the company and the product, and then um, we'll talk about the benefits for the team to use your product, and then we'll touch on your business model as well as your plans for the next uh, twelve months. How does it sound?
2: That sounds perfect.
1: Great. So, could you start by telling me about your background?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've spent, geez, the last 25 years or so in the health, wellness, and performance arena. 17 of those years were in Johnson & Johnson, where I worked on businesses like Tylenol and Splenda, big household names. I was in Europe for a few years. Um, But really, I think the turning point for my career kind of came when I was coming back to the U.S. from that overseas uh, assignment. And um, there was a company that J&J had just purchased in Orlando Mm -hmm. called the Human Performance Institute. And it was unlike any business in J&J. They weren't selling, you know, most most products that Johnson & Johnson sells are helping people that are sick or injured or, you know, trying to get back to health. This was a business that was all about prevention. It was all about proactively helping people become the best version of themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. And it was founded
2: by a a performance, world-renowned performance uh, psychologist, Dr. Jim Lair, and Dr. Jack Groppel. And what they were focusing on predominantly was the mental side of performance. How do you get the mindset? How do you change behavior so that people can achieve their full potential? And so um, they were taking the examples or the lessons from the world of sport and applying it to more of the general public and, and kind of in its end, it was all about helping people reach their full potential. And that's okay. kind of spirit of what actually led me to the current business. But that's where, um, you know, helping people achieve their full potential is is something that has kind of resonated strongly now in the in the back half of my
1: career. Okay, that's great. And how did you get connected with Coolmit and how did you get started with them? Was the sorry. Yeah, that's
2: it's, a it's, yeah. So it turns out that uh, just so happens that the co-founder of the Coolmit business, who is a war veteran, he flew jet fighters off of aircraft carrier during the Gulf War, it was a a family friend. One of the first people I met when I moved here to Florida in two thousand nine. You mean Scott? Scott. This is actually Craig. And so, yeah, Craig is a a war veteran and just a good friend. And when he started to get going with this business in 2020 and given my background in human performance, um, it was just logical. I was helping out. It was just kind of as a friend, just helping out as an advisor. And I can tell you that um, as I've seen and watched the progression and the the growth and the success they've been having, um, it became obvious to me I should join full time. So that's what I did this year in April. I yeah. joined on as a full-time uh, part of the company and
1: and helping to to really take this to all the great folks that need it. So um so how would you describe your product what it does how it works for the teams yeah. For
2: yeah, I think the, the most important thing to recognize is that uh, mo- most folks don't realize that when someone is um heat stressed when yeah. they are working out or working in an environment it's one of the primary primary limiting factors to their performance. So um yeah. When you get too hot, the body's fail-safe mechanisms kick in, It shuts off muscles, it's protecting against thermal damage. And um, this can be local if you do bench press to failure, you know, muscles burn and you're creating lots of heat and the muscles will stop to protect them. Or it can be when you're doing something like an endurance event. And, you know, we've all seen that where you're, you know, you're going for a long period of time and and things just start shutting up, a cramp is thrown in, or, you know, you're falling down, um. And so that's, a body's, that's the body's kind of mechanism to protect itself against heat. Um, and so what this device does is actually it accelerates cooling of core body temperature. So it's, it helps the body do what it's already trying to do,
1: but, but it uses,
2: Yeah, it just uses the unique biological structure of the human body mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and accelerates that process. And so, uh, and, and what you get though is a result is you not only get rapid cooling of core body temperature. But mm-hmm. as a result of doing that, you can actually do more in the next set or interval. So what it's doing is delaying fatigue. It's improving endurance and it's helping improve overall performance. So, um, on the one hand, it's bringing down temperature, but bringing down temperature is a means to an end, a performance enhancement end, which actually um, you know is very very appealing to a lot of the
1: folks we talk to. So let's say you're a baseball team, right? And you're sitting in, in the dugout. Can you use it there? I mean, do they just put the the hands in the glove or how does it work?
2: Yeah. So, so let me, uh, it's probably a good idea to explain how the device works. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, um, well, I have to go back a little further. Yeah. Uh, maybe is then explain kind of the biology. Cause if I tell you what the device does, people won't understand why we're doing yeah. what we're doing. Um, but if you go back to the origins of the company, it started in 2020 and it was actually the, the seeds of the company were planted 20 years prior. Yeah. So um, you have these Stanford scientists, Dr. Craig Keller, Dr. Dennis Gron, mm-hmm. and they're doing work on hibernating bears and thermoregulation. So you have these bears, they bring their baseline um, metabolic rate down to 20 percent of normal. They go into hibernation. Then they come out in the spring. They got a full fur coat. They start partying, climbing trees, searching for food, running. Mm-hmm. And the question was, how do they not overheat? Um, and these guys actually, what they did is they, they put these infrared cameras, kind of like if you've ever seen the movie predator, that shows the heat signature. And they took a look at these bears and what they saw was two areas lit up. It was their nose and their, their paws. Um, huh. And so it was an interesting, you know, in, in, science community has always known that in mammals, there are these very unique vascular structures in the parts of the body that don't have hair follicles.
1: Well, you know what so I've heard like elephants, they do that with their ears.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, the thing that we realize is the the skin structure is actually very good at insulating, keeping heat in at 98.6. And, and so any part of the body and the human body in particular that has hair follicles, it's a very good insulator. Now, if you find these, in these mammals, uh, mammals have adopted or adapted these, these kind of traits that allow for certain parts of their body to be unique at releasing heat. In the case of the bears, it was their nose or their paws. In the, in mm-hmm. the case of humans, it's your palms, of your hands, the bottom of your feet, or your cheeks just above the beard line. These are areas that don't have hair follicles. And they are designed, they have unique vascular structure. So when you start to get hot and the body turns on the heat release mechanisms... Mm-hmm. These things are radiating heat over five to six times greater than other skin surfaces. They are they are effectively radiators for the human system. Mm-hmm. So that's um so that's what's going on there. And so so how does the device work? Um, first and foremost, there is a uh, there's really two sections to the device. It's first is a rapid thermal exchange mitt. And so this is just a pad inside a mitt. You literally just put your hand and rest it on the pad, and through mm-hmm. that pad is circulating chilled water that is not only whisking away the heat that is radiating from your hand, but it's cooling the blood that's going back to the heart so you can cool from the inside out. That's the first part of the device. The second part is actually the pump in the regulator, which is maintaining the temperature of that water at about 54 to 55 degrees. And the reason I say that number is because what the scientists have learned over time is that if you go much lower than that, you, can, you run the risk of vasoconstricting the blood vessels. So effectively trapping the heat in, not allowing these radiators to work. So you get much colder, they they, vasoconstrict, these things aren't open, they're not releasing the heat they're meant to. And so by taking it to the lowest level before you cross over that threshold, we are maximizing the cooling effect. And so that pump is regulating the temperature, it's running it up. You don't want to be too cold either, is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. You put it into 32, 33, um, and you put your hands on it, you vasoconstrict and your hands are no longer radiating the heat you need to radiate to, to bring that core temperature down. You're kind of doing the opposite of, of really what you want to do, um, which is, uh, immediately start to, to pull that heat out of the body. Okay. So, so that's how it works. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it can be used just in one minute, you get benefits. I mean, the, the law of the law of heat loss, um, it's an exponentially declining curve. Um, so you, the, the biggest bang for the buck, you're going to see are in the first couple minutes. And usually it's been mm-hmm. standardized by the scientists to about three minutes. So if you can find three minutes of a break between a set, of weightlifting. Uh, it could be, you know, we have folks that do Brazilian jiu-jitsu that do five minutes on and they have a two minute break and yeah. they use it for those two minutes to try and release heat out so they can then do more and delay that fatigue and, and go further and do more and more sets. Um, so that's
1: kind of how it's being used. And do you have team who use that during live, actual live games?
2: Yeah. And that's one of the unique benefits of the product. It's, you know, most things that most, when you think about most um, cooling applications, devices, whatever you want to think about. um, The vast majority are not very convenient. The ones that are effective, at least, are not very convenient. So you think about an ice bath. You know, you come out of a baseball inning, for instance, between innings, you're not going to jump into an ice bath and submerge yourself Mm -hmm. if you're really hot. So there's not many that are that are going to be very effective. There's nothing shown to be more effective than what we're doing here, which is working with the body's biology to help accelerate with the the mechanisms that are already in place, which is the radiating of the heat through the hand. So what you'll see is uh, someone going out in between innings and coming in. And absolutely, we've had numerous examples of that in Major League Baseball. We have teams, almost half of the teams in Major League Baseball have some players using this device, usually pitchers, pitchers and catchers, yeah. um, to try and uh, keep their – their core heat down. And so they can go longer. And, and again, delay yep. that fatigue, improve that endurance over the course of a long nine,
1: you know, nine inning game and three hours of heat during the summer day. So, so baseball is a great example. Any other sports where that teams and leagues that you work with when they're using it during live games, any other ones you can think of? Yeah. I mean, so uh, we've seen it in the NBA.
2: We've yeah. seen someone that was uh, someone that we had some pictures of folks. We don't use them, um, but we're not allowed to, of course, but yeah. uh, we've got some pictures that folks and fans took of a, uh, of an athlete who ended up winning the MVP for the NBA using it uh, last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've certainly seen it in the, in the NBA hockey is a little bit harder because it's harder to have the devices on the unit. We certainly had hockey teams in the NHL use it in training. I haven't seen it used during the game Um, football as well. We've seen some stuff in NCAA football. I haven't seen it in an NFL game yet, but we've got a handful of players using it. Um, One of them, Actually, there's a center for the uh, Atlanta Falcons is just an article written about him. He's been using it for over a year and he said he's taken it to the games. I just haven't seen it on the television, him using it in between. But uh, so certainly, you know, it's really, it comes down to this, any place that you have a break and you have a free hand, mm-hmm. just at least one free hand. And, you know, and, and that break is going to give you at least a minute, 30 seconds to a minute. You actually have the opportunity to accelerate the speed at which your body's cooling down. And so it lends itself to any environment where, you know, where you have that time. Um, a little bit harder, you know, we have folks in the Tour de France that would use it. Of course, you don't really have yeah. a break. Um, they use it after. They use it as a pre, pre-race pre um, cool down. And then yeah. they'll use it as a cool down after the race to help bring it down, um, you know, in the evenings, especially if the thing goes late. So um, so in some sports, it's just it's not conducive to using during the match. But wherever you have a break um, and the time what to What about do it, soccer, right?
1: At halftime? In, uh, absolutely. In game?
2: Anytime during halftime, you know, we know a lot of folks, we work with a lot of performance experts and talk about the initiatives they take during halftime to try and cool off the players yeah. and they can recover and get ready for the second half. So a perfect example of where it can be used is certainly during halftime or any break that you have um, in the sport. You know, again, not a lot of opportunities in soccer
1: during the match itself, but certainly during halftime would be a great, a great example. I mean, so I can also about rugby, right? So right now we've got the walk-up. I mean, we work with a number of national teams in, at the walk-up right now. But that's just something that they could use, right, during the yeah. halftime, yeah. and you know, it'd be amazing. Yeah, it's no, it's
2: exactly right, and we'd love to, you know, love to see it in more of the tennis world. We've had players that will use it for training, but we haven't seen it used yeah. during the match, and that's a place where, you know, there's been a lot of press around the 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 just oppressive heat that is these these players are facing oh, yeah. over very long matches, and so uh, we and actually had some minutes,
1: right? in Australia. I mean, it's crazy hot over there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Coming up here in this January, we did have it at the um, the US. Uh, it wasn't the USD; it was the national, the NCA national event, uh, Division One uh, tennis event. But it was actually used for after. Okay. Um, we couldn't use it during the match because it was viewed as being a performance-enhancing product, yeah. so it wasn't allowed to be on the court during the match. So understand that. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is help people recover from the heat that they're facing and and do that more quickly. Um, and so, uh, but, but, you know, so lots of opportunities in sport. I mean, we've got, uh, geez, CrossFit triathletes using it. We have ultra marathoners that will use it. Um, we've got, um, you know, uh, hydrox, um, high folks, competitors that are doing some of these, uh, interval type trainings or events and competitions. So it just really, the opportunities are endless. It's really anyone that is facing the, the performance limitations of heat. Um, that, that can benefit from this as long as they have the opportunity to, to, to take a break.
1: And yeah. so. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of, I mean, a lot of teams that we work with, we work on the very high heat and, and those types of conditions. So um, uh, could you, how would you summarize the benefits of using your product and what are the, 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 the teams, the athletes typically say about the thing that they like about the product? How would you summarize that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a, it's about accelerating the speed of recovery from heat so that you can cool down more quickly, how people will know that they have cooled down. You know, it's, it's difficult to measure core body temperature. It's usually having to, having to be done through an esophageal thermometer or a rectal thermometer. Nobody wants those during an athletic match. Um, Of course, we're able to do that all in the lab to show the effectiveness of the product. Um, But but it, it is, um, the, the benefits that, that folks will see, of course, is the rapid reduction and how they experience that is they stop sweating sooner. They, form, they feel more refreshed. And ultimately, yeah. in getting back into the match, they will see that they are less tired, they can yeah. go for longer, and they can do more work output in the time they have. Um, I'll give you one example. I find this, it's it's kind of a fascinating, funny story. Um, a gentleman that is a pre-med um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor contacted yeah. us. And he said, hey, listen, I heard about your product. Uh, Andrew Huberman was talking about it on the Huberman Lab podcast. Mm-hmm. And it sounded too good to be true. So I bought it with the intention of trying it and then sending it back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, the way I train in jiu-jitsu is, you know, we do all of our early warm-ups. And then we do our, our, our kind of specific uh, movements and things that we do. And then we jump into sparring. And typically, I will go five minutes on. And then we have a two-minute break and a five minutes on. And I can do about five sets of that. Yeah. By that fifth one, I either can't complete it or I'm just completely, I'm I'm completely wasted. Like I am done. He said the first time I used your device, I went through the, to a sixth set, to a seventh mm-hmm. set. He goes, I I believe I could have done an eighth set. I could not believe in the first time. Just cooling for the two minutes, I had between sets that I was feeling in my second set the energy they had in my first. Usually, versus it just declined. So,
1: yeah. a
2: perfect. I can't say that that's going to happen for everyone. What I can tell you for him is that's, um, that's directionally what we see often. I can't give you the exact numbers and everyone will have the exact same experience, but directionally, yeah. this is what people are experiencing. that's what we hear from folks. They can go longer. They can, in, in the case of weightlifters, you know, if you do, um, reps to failure, mm-hmm. and then you do a second set, let's say after a three minute rest, and then, a, yeah. you know, after another three minute rest, when, when you do that without the device, you see that degradation, when you use it with that device, you see less of a degradation. So if you yep. went from 20 reps down to 12 reps in your second set, uh, you might go from 20 to 16 or 20 to 17 yep. using a cooling device. So what you're able to do is you get a conditioning effect. You're able to do more work in that in that workout. And that's how you yep. build capacity. And uh, some of the studies have shown us that, 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 capac- that those gains you build actually stay with you. Mm-hmm. Um, even after you're done using the device, um, you can stop using it for the next month. But the gains you've got while using it, you can maintain them. So that's what some of the studies have shown as well. So and, so and that's, so,
1: that's great. So quick question. So let's say you have a, a baseball player, right, who's using mm-hmm. it in the dugout during live games. How many times in that game do they typically use it? Is it one time, two, I mean, twice, three times? Uh, can you give me a, a yeah. bit more cut on that? I mean, I
2: think, I think the way to think about it is, is, you know, the body is, as long as the body is trying to get heat out of the system, you're sweating, yeah. your hands are warm, you know, someone's thermal status just by shaking their hand. If they're cold yeah. or vasoconstricted, if they're, if they're warm, they they're trying to emit heat. Um, so if the body is trying to, to emit heat, especially over a long duration match, using it as often as you can, um, mm-hmm. is, is kind of the recommendation. So uh, in the case of a baseball player, you could use it between every inning, and you know the one thing about the the product though is it, it's not for everyone. If you're not thermally challenged, if you're not a person that's working in a in a, in a way working out in a way that's building high heat in your yeah. core temperature, or working in an environment that is incredibly warm, you know we mm-hmm. were just at a big professional golf tournament in December, in uh, in August here, uh, we were every three holes, we were, our units were positioned because the temperatures were close to a hundred with very high humidity. And so we had, you know, the camera people using them and uh, the EMS folks and the police folks. And yes. of course, almost half the golfers that were there using it as an opportunity to try and cool down. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so you have to be thermally challenged, whether that be by the exertion you're putting out and the heat you're creating mm-hmm. through that exertion or by just operating in an incredibly warm, extreme heat environment. Um, you know, beyond sports, we play in other areas like, you know, American fire services, firefighters who go yeah. in and serve our communities. And they go into an event on one air tank and they come out and their heart rates are through the roof. And they've been in PED and in a very extreme high temperature environment. And they're trying to bring and through rehabilitation, they call it. Their temperature yeah. down, another great example of where, um, a product like this can play a role as those folks working in these extreme heat environments. And that's the
1: same for sport. Uh, well, when it comes to sport, I mean, two, two sports comes to mind that are outdoor. One is soccer, right? Especially if you have mm-hmm. some MLS teams who play in like, for example, Miami, right into Miami, they play under crazy, humid, hot conditions. Right. So, I mean, I could see them using something like this and then rugby, right. Right now you've got this, the, 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 the rugby world cup happening. Yeah. In France. and Those guys were like talking about heat. I mean, they were like, with the humidity and the heat and all the effort that they have to do, I mean, I cannot imagine, I mean, something like this could really, I think, help them, in my opinion.
0: So No, I think you're
2: right. And I think, you know, there are other field-based sports like lacrosse. Would you think about a midfielder who they're rotating in and out, much like they do, you know, hockey players um, that are just uh, working oh, yeah. hard up and down. So, you know. It's again, anybody that's going to be thermally challenged is going to be putting, um, you know, ex- heavy exertion in and creating that heat internally. Um, you know, again, the it's the en- overheating is the enemy of high performance. And so if you can manage that heat better and get rid of it better, dissipate it better, release it better, you're going to be able to perform better. And that's really that's really the spirit of where, um, you know, where our product plays is in that uh, it's during training and during events that we can help folks uh, better better manage their heat load and, and, and uh, recover more quickly
1: and do more work as a result. That makes sense. So how would you summarize your competitive advantage, right? Obviously there's some maybe some other solutions out there, but yeah. what is your kind of competitive advantage you think?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, there, there's, there's really um, two things that come to mind when it comes to competitive advantage. One is it works. This does. This is working with the human body. It's backed by 20 years of science, dozens of published papers. We're the exclusive licensee of the entire Stanford patent portfolio. The two founding scientists are on our team, as are, you know, this was funded by the US government. So the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, funded this. Uh, this technology at stanford because they had the issue of of soldiers marching on baghdad overheating in the desert and they had to stop the assault they had to stop you know and and so that's what kind of and they said we got to figure out ways to create our soldiers make them more resilient they found out what these stanford scientists were doing funded them so so this thing has been researched for over 20 years nothing's been shown to be more effective and we've got the benefit of 20 years of learning and trial and error um, and, you know, what we've perfected, I think, is a solution here that really works with the uniqueness of the human body to maximize, help it do better what it's already trying to do. That's the first thing. The second one is, we just talked about it, is that it's portable and it's easy to integrate into training and competition, which large, the vast majority of cooling products that are out there are not going to be relevant for in, in training, those couple minutes between, between intervals or sets or certainly during matches. Um, you know, some of the things that are most effective, like an ice bath, just aren't going to be effective when you're in, in the match and you got your equipment on and, you know, you can't, you can't do that. So this is really going to, um, it, it just easily fits in. All you need is a free hand.
1: Well, you know, it. It's funny about the iPad. I got a story. I was visiting a baseball team, MLB team uh, here in the U.S. They were, they were practicing on a very high condition. And I was asking them, I said, what do you guys do to help the your baseball players cool down and they said we only have ice bath. That's all you got. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you hey, could use something better than this. And we're like, yeah, we know, but that's, that's, you know, that's Johnny. The and they had no way of measuring the level of dehydration. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, which yeah. The other part was kind of scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I mean can, ice,
2: you know, ice baths are great. I mean, they do they do work. They they overwhelm, you know, as much as the skin is a very good insulator, when you submerge an entire body into an ice bath, it, the 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 body is kind of overwhelmed. And, and right. so it will, it will radiate that coolness through the body. But again, not as practical, not as easy to work with, um, certainly not as readily available. And yeah. um, and, and so uh anyway, so so you know what we're doing is providing something that is very portable, very easy to use, and can be easily inserted into your training regime or into, you know, just the normal breaks you have during competition. And that's really where the benefit really kicks in. Utility is, is really the big, the big competitive advantage and and the effectiveness combined together with that.
1: And I see that, I mean, it fits into the workflow, right? It's fast. You get quick result. And that's where I think many of the technologies, sometimes they fail because it takes too long. Sometimes if you're asking your player to sit for like 10 minutes, you know, to do something, it just not, you know, then this is going to give up. But if yeah. it takes like a minute or 30 seconds right. or two minutes, then it's much easier for those teams to use it. Right.
2: That's exactly right. You, you know, the good news about this is it will work. Even if you just have a minute, you will get benefit. Um, as you get to, as you go longer, the benefit becomes less, um, less apparent, you know, yeah. there's less and less benefit because again, as I said, it's like, a the heat loss uh, the, the the rate of heat loss is an exponentially declining currency so the benefits the vast majority of benefit you're going to get in the first couple minutes first three minutes in particular is what the scientists have standardized the time in the emit to and uh and then you'll get lower and lower still get gains but it'll just be less over those and yeah. wins four five six seven so again um you know that sweet spot of one to three minutes and and, and doing that as often as you have a break and yeah. that's going to help you keep that core temperature down and allow you to go
1: longer and harder. And uh, you know, and delay that fatigue. And do you have success stories that you can share without saying this? This was a particular team, but any success stories of examples of athletes or you know teams that this they, they made a big difference, whether they they had a, a, a better run in the playoffs or yeah. just, you know, a guy without a better result or Can you do you have any stories you can share?
2: Yeah, I mean, so we have uh, actually countless stories. Um, yeah. um, you know from the world of cycling what we're able to do is show training effects so we have folks that will use the device while sitting on a stationary bike
1: yeah
2: and for any elite athlete that you might know that rides does cycling yeah you know, they they're pretty good at knowing what their 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 power output is mm-hmm. and what their target heart rate will be and they have a pretty good understanding of when that heart rate will trip, typically drift out of that target zone and then they have to slow down a little bit so yeah. reduce the power to bring the heart rate back down Right. So they're really that's what we that's why we love elite athletes. And, you know, we've actually penetrated over 60 professional teams across a host of, 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 of sports teams because mm-hmm. the benefits are so apparent. And so what they're able to see is um, uh, one in particular, she's a BMX racer, but we've seen it with yeah. tons of others. And like I said, Tour de France and um, where she's able to sit in that bike and whereas normally her heart rate might have drifted at, at 30 minutes and gone higher. She's now able to go much longer, 40 plus minutes before she her heart rate drifts out of the zone. So she's able just to continue to go in that same amount of time. She's able to put more force in and maintain her heart rate at a lower level. So those are the types of things we see. Um, certainly in the bench press space and the, in the weight space, we get, we're able to see folks able to see immediate benefits and that's all over the board, whether it be dips, push ups, pull-ups, um, folks reporting really great benefits very quickly. We had one racing. Uh, she was a runner for, mm-hmm. um, for, uh, I think it was the University of Washington. And she was the year prior, she was about ready to give up. She just kind of hit a plateau, which a lot of athletes do that are at the elite level, wasn't sure she wanted to continue on or had the energy or the will to do it, um, decided to do it. Her coach actually introduced her to our product. And what she was doing was using it during interval training. So if she ran a 400, let's mm-hmm. say she did five 400s, she would do a 400 and she usually ran the 800 was her race. But in her training, yeah. she would she would actually use it in between And um, what she very quickly found is that the times on her second, third, and fourth, and fifth started to improve quite significantly versus the times when she had not used. You typically see that drop off, Mm
0: -hmm. she wasn't
2: seeing that drop off to the same extent. Uh, She ended up winning the NCAAs that year, Um, and so we have a great picture of her and her coach using it. So lots of individual examples like this. I know I brought up the one with the gentleman that does Brazilian jiu-jitsu and being able to move typically from five rounds before complete exhaustion, falling on his face, to going seven and bleeding go to eight. Yeah. These are the types of things that we see, um, and it's it's not, um, you know, the gains that we're seeing are not small. I mean, you know, our potential as human species is limited by our capacity to deal with heat,
0: mm-hmm. and if you can
2: raise that capacity to deal with heat or accelerate the speed at which you can deal with it, you're really increasing significantly that body's ability to perform at a, at a, at a higher rate, at a more constant rate at a, at, for a longer period of time, and so it is uh, pretty extraordinary what we can do when we are able to be more efficient with managing heat. And anybody knows that that runs in a very hot environment and then runs in a very cool environment they're able to go much, much longer. Right. We -hmm. all kind of know that. But the question is, how do we individually deal with it when we are heat stressed? How do we, how do we recover more quickly? And, and this is, like I said, one of the most effective ways you can do it.
1: And I think the most human beings, they didn't just not good at dealing with that heat. You don't just, you know, your body get kind of in shock. I mean, you get disturbed. Right. So yeah. you're not dealing with it, but you don't, you, you don't have a good way to deal with it.
2: That no, you're, you're absolutely right. You have to find shade. You have to find cool, you know, you get up to 95 degrees and close to a hundred percent humidity and we are getting incredibly dangerous. You know, your, your body's oh, yeah. capacity to cool down is overwhelmed by the external environment and you're in danger. You have to find shade. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, and that's temporary for portions of the year. So there's environmental situations where, you know cooling better cooling strategies are needed but then of course you can be in the heart of winter and just your workout you can create a tremendous amount of heat internally that will limit your ability to train and perform and you can get yeah. more out of that session if you can more effectively reduce that heat out of the
1: system so yeah
2: so well, it's environmental sense. and it's you know exertion based or you know self self-created heat through our exertion
1: well i know for example in the MS they have what they call hydration breaks yeah, so yeah, they could use something like this, right, to, you know, because they they step out of the field and they, yeah, they drink, but they could literally use that device to cool down, right? Yeah, no, so that's
2: right. And, you know, and, and you know, you're replenishing, uh, you know, water that was lost. And so if you can get somebody to sweat less or stop sweating sooner because they're able to cool off more effectively, yeah. and that mechanism is now turned off and there you can retain more fluid. So, I mean, Um, better cooling strategies can help uh, retain fluid, you know, um, in, in, in the system. So, so another way to think about it too. Um, But yeah, so it's a, you know, again, it's a small hack. It's a small solution that actually has a really oversized impact in overall performance. I mean, Uh who would have thought that sending chilled water at the right temperature across the palm of the hand could have an outsized extraordinary impact in your overall performance capability capacity um you know but this is what's believe it or not 20 plus years of research has told us and shown us and uh it's it's really quite groundbreaking i can't believe that five ten years from now any elite competitor will not be using this otherwise uh, i think they will be a competitive disadvantage and then that could be our product i'm not saying us but i'm saying better cooling strategies because yep. it will just unleash levels of potential they didn't know they could tap into that they had
1: for sure uh now could you tell me a bit more about the, your business model right maybe your uh, what talk yep. about your pricing and for anybody, any teams that are listening to this? Yeah,
2: no, sure. Well, the you know, originally when we started and launched um, just last year in 2022, yeah. the focus was on elite athletes, um, really um, early adopters, um, folks that were looking for a competitive edge. And there were two reasons for that. I've already hit it a little bit. One, they're all looking for the competitive edge and they know the limits of their body. They're finally two machines and they will see very, very quickly the benefits of using this device. And so mm-hmm. um, and we've we've penetrated, as I mentioned, about um, uh, athletes in over 60 professional teams, half of Major League Baseball, lots of them in the NFL, NHL, NBA, uh, Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, we've got Olympians using it, CrossFit, you know, um, Iron Men, you name it. So a lot of elite, extraordinary people are using the product. Um and and so, um, you know, the premise was that if we get these folks to use it and show that as a proof of concept, that that would be a great way to fuel adoption more broadly. Look at these guys are using it and we're seeing it. We're seeing it on television. We were just in the NCAA um, softball game. The pitcher was using it. We've been in numerous baseball um, imagery uh, on television in between innings. The announcers trying to figure out what these folks had their hand in. Um, so so we're seeing we're seeing lots of that. So that's kind of where our initial focus was now we've kind of now more we're evolving out. And so we're now um, providing the product to anybody that needs to uh, manage heat more effectively. And so uh, certainly in the athletic space, it's more broad. We're going into the NCAA individual athletes, you know, CrossFitters and pro athletes and really anybody that's trying to find an edge to kind of get to another step change of performance in their own and their own performance level. That's certainly where we are. Um, we also are again, expanding out to other audiences, like firefighters, like those industrial workers that work in extreme environments. So you can imagine construction in Texas in the middle of summer, um, distribution warehouses, you know, um, uh, mining, things like that. Um, and and so we're predominantly selling through e-commerce right now. Um, people can order directly from us uh, via phone and, but we're predominantly selling through e-commerce through our website, the price of the units, $995, um, Periodically, you might see a, a promotion that's out there, but uh, yeah. that's kind of where we, we, are, we currently sit. And uh, and we have coming out next year, a next generation version of the product, hopefully by mid-year. Yeah. It's going to bring a lot of enhancements to it, um, addressing a lot of the feedback we've gotten on the unit so far. But the one thing we know, it's not going to work any better. This unit is still going to deliver the same level of heat loss capability as the current unit. The current unit really works quite well at that. And uh, and so it does what it's supposed to do and it really accelerates the speed at which you can bring down your core temperature.
1: That, that's great. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, now, could you tell me about your plans for the next 12 months? I mean, you did mention you're going to introduce a new version of the product next year. Are you guys yeah. looking to raise some funding? Are you guys looking to expand in new sports, new leagues expand geographically? I mean, what are your plans?
2: Yeah. So it's uh, really kind of all of the above. So we are over the next 12 months. I mean, we are raising money Um, moving into production of our next generation unit does take uh, money and it's costs money to raise awareness. So we are, um, we are certainly raising money here over the next, uh, over the next six to to 12 months. Um, But, but beyond the raise of money and funds, um, our focus is really on driving awareness and penetration uh, more broadly outside of just the most elite athletes and the pros, but more broadly into collegiate and amateur and And a lot of these other, um, you know, sports that are kind of maybe often not in the mainstream, but extraordinary athletes competing. Um, So that's one thing. Second one is continuing to invest in innovation. So that's clearly where we are. We have the next generation version of this product. And we have another another version uh, after that that is uh, right on its heels. That is uh, got much broader applications. I can't share too much about it just yet. We got some patent filings and things, but it's kind of exciting. Um, We've just just got our first prototype, Um, so we are working through that. Uh, And then lastly is, you know, this, uh, we're really focusing on building the science and the awareness of this story about how vasocooling, as we call it, um, which is, you know, accessing this unique vascular structure of the hand and being able to send cool blood to the heart to cool from the inside out, how this can actually benefit folks and to raise awareness of it. Um, So building the science, we've got a handful of, of studies working with a handful of universities right now. Um, we work with some of the most extraordinary performance experts on the planet. And, you know, what we're trying to do is bring this story out to all those performance directors, all those strength and conditioning coaches, and more broadly out to those that compete, you know, in some of these extreme environments or in, you know, are competing at the highest level of their support. Um, because uh, I think the more we can get awareness and just share the science, the easier it will be to to get them in the hands of folks and literally in the hands of folks. And so, so that's the
1: goal. That's great. Uh, now. Last question is, uh, what is the best way to contact you, you and your team? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, I mean,
2: geez, the, the, probably the best way is just to send us a right from our website, the contact form at the bottom of the page or the top of the page. Coolmitt.com is the website. So that's C-O-O-L-M-I-T-T dot com. Um, you know, there's, uh, we got a small team here. You may hear from the president. You may hear from the CEO. You may hear from me, depending on how we parse these things out. But But we're a small team. Um, you know of, of really experienced operators that play in this space of human performance and and uh and again um we'd love to hear from folks even if it's just questions or chat or you know we would love to hear from folks and uh, we would welcome the, the conversation
1: well great look we, we're at the end of the podcast but it's it's fascinating what you guys are doing so uh good luck with everything and thank you for being on the podcast today
2: june i really appreciate you and the questions and uh yeah thank you so much it's been it's been a pleasure
1: you're welcome thank you thank you